Support for Gig with Mike Redman comes from Music Connection. For 45 years, connecting artists and musicians with each other and the industry. And you can find them on the web at musicconnection.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gig. I'm your host, Mike Redman. Today, I have a remarkable guest, someone who's been the invisible hand behind some of the biggest names in the music industry. Andy Franks, renowned road manager, has worked with Coldplay, the Rolling Stones, and many, many other legendary acts. And he's here to give us a glimpse into the world behind the music. Andy's journey is one filled with unforgettable memories and lessons learned. From his special days with Coldplay to a personal journey of resilience and recovery that led him to become the founder of musicsupport.org helping everybody in the music business. I'm just so happy to introduce you to Andy Franks. Hi, Franksy. How are you today? Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I'm honored. Oh, you're honored. Well, that makes yeah. me feel honored then. Dang. For my listeners who really don't know exactly what a road manager or a tour manager, tour director does, could you tell me about a little bit about what the role entails um, well, they're sort of normally mentally um, unstable individuals uh, taken around <laughs> with uh, very um, wealthy, mentally uh, deranged individuals to uh, play to a lot of uh, people in a in a venue somewhere and get them home safely. I think that's the uh, that's the short answer. Um, looking after a tour is uh, is you know a, a pretty sort of full on thing, and uh, there's a lot of stuff at stake a lot of people a lot of money a lot of uh you know people want to come to you bought a ticket you want to have a good show so it's kind of balancing things backstage it's working with different organizations some people the management are very hands-on sometimes they're not so you've got to be a, a very flexible guy or female you know whatever you can be mm-hmm. just men of course um, so any, you know, you've got to be flexible. You've got to be, you've got to have a sense of humor. Um, got to have the ability to be able to think on your feet all the time. You've got to be not the slightest bit interested in having any sleep or any rest. <laughs> and uh, you're going to have to answer the most sort of ridiculous questions you never thought would uh, come across your plate. That sounds wonderful. I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when you when you when I hear you talking about it, um, you make it sound quite simple. I know that it's not, and I think mm-hmm. probably maybe one of the things that makes it simple to you is because you climbed every rung of the ladder to get there. Yeah, I mean, I I, I started. I wouldn't say I started at the bottom, but I I did different jobs. Um, so I think you know as as in any, you know, in the forces, when somebody comes in a colonel, everyone below them thinks, you know, the guy's an arsehole. But uh, mm. start in the ranks and work your way up, then you're still an arsehole, but at least you're an arsehole that's kind of done what other people have done, you know. So, yeah. so it gives you, um, in a way, I think um, a bit more respect, a bit more understanding. You know, but, sure. Again, that doesn't, there's people that have come up that, are, again, are sort of stuck in the past and aren't moving with the times. And that yeah. can be as bad as having somebody who comes from a, a different field coming in. So there's a mixture, but I would say that, you know, when you get to be um, 
when you're in that position of a tour manager, you need to get people to sort of believe in you. However you achieve that. Would you recall a couple memorable stories or about be working with Coldplay? I mean, they've, they're a huge band. Well, I mean, even when even when it was uh, sort of going um, south, it was it was still like I said, you know, I, there was still lots of times we used to have a football team that we played a soccer team that we used to play against. Uh, other act um i used to i tended to be the referee because i was uh i was um sort of usually still having a word you know but i i remember oh. being at la galaxy referee in a game there with uh versus coldplay on their pitch and uh and i i was i was walking around dressed in my sort of coat on the phone you know and i was supposed to be the referee and I've also got this. I've also got this sight issue that from a brain hemorrhage. But that's another story. Um, but I was I was on the phone and uh, and something happened and I went oh you know free kick and this guy shouts ref what's the matter are you blind and I'm like yeah I am I'm blind and I'm on the phone now free kick you know so they carried on but the Coldplay guys are very sort of sweet guys you know they uh, they seem they seem like it yeah they are really nice they did a very uh, they did a very nice message for me on my 60th birthday or 65th or something I can't remember which but uh, well you don't you sure as heck don't look 65 well I'm 67 now actually so uh, yeah you, you look great oh, thank you I should be. Uh, I should be. You don't sick. look any worse for the wear, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I think the wear's on the inside. <laughs> yeah. I do a good job of keeping the outside well packaged, but yeah. uh, but no, it's um, it's you know, it's been a, a life well lived. But uh, but with Coldplay, you know, I mean, there there were lots of issues. In fact, there was um, uh, there was a. a incident I had when we were doing the MTV Awards with Coldplay and I think the Foo Fighters were there and we were in Spain or Portugal and uh, and I know the tour manager well and he was saying oh, we've got to be in London tomorrow because we're doing something so I'm like well why don't you get a lift on our plane you know so we mm-hmm. give the Foo Fighters a lift with Coldplay and I'm sort of doing and I decided to show them this trick about how to open a bottle of wine with a with a sharpie and uh, and I do that, and it, it goes all over the place. I mean, it was a, yeah, it was quite a disaster. And uh, I remember <laughs> talking to the next day that uh, that maybe I'd uh, I'd been a little bit worse for wear. And it's true, you know, crazy stuff. It is, but but no, I mean, the guys working with Coldplay, they were fantastic. They were a lovely bunch of people, you know, fantastic band, and uh, and they've been very supportive of the charity as well. You know, they've helped us. They they donate things to us when we have auctions and they're, they're really really supportive, you know. When you are touring or when you're touring with a big act, uh, you know, like Coldplay or Rolling Stones or somebody, what, what size crew do you have? Um, it kind of depends what you're doing, whether you're doing. Uh, um arena show you know i tend to do shows that are either arenas or stadiums mm-hmm. so uh, you know although i have done sort of smaller stuff obviously with with doing theaters and um, not so much clubs anymore but but dependent on you know in an arena tour there's probably about 70 or 80 people although we we've, we've just done an arena tour with roger waters in europe and uh in uh 
in America, and there were 150 people on the road, you know, abandoned. Oh, yeah. So it's a big old sort of, and when you're doing stadiums, you know, it can be more because it depends whether you've got um, advanced crews and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's it's moving a, a, a sort of small town around, but a lot of that is done by the production people, you know, our side of it, the tour management, you know, you tend to be the artist and you're moving, you know, so my artist party at the moment is about 30 people, so it's a pretty big, you know, I used to go on tours with a band and a crew and it was like about 12 people, you know, the yeah, whole lot yeah. band, yeah. so so I have 30 just in the band pie is a lot, but it's nowhere near as big as a crew, you know. But they also have different um, areas of need, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a it's a more sort of uh, defined and specific thing, I think, looking after the people rather than the equipment. Basically, when you're you know you're lining up a tour and you hire a production company, what does the production company do? The production people, they they pretty, I mean, I, it, it, again, it works differently because some productions have been with a band for a long time, so they're used to using the same people. Some management choose the production people, sometimes the artist, the style, sometimes the tour manager chooses them. So, you know, you, you get to work with people that you know very well, mm-hmm. as well as get to know with, work with people you've never worked with before, you know. Yeah. So, it, uh, again, it's that adaptability. Um, but the production people, you know, they do, like it says on the tin, you know, they get the equipment from A to B, they set it all up. In fact, they do all the work. We just <laughs> we, we just swam in on our private plane, get picked up by the limos, you know, go to the uh, office that we're already set up, have the wonderful catering, do the show, get back on the plane and sleep in a five-star hotel, you know, well... Funny that uh, there's something magical about being on a film set. I'm not even sure what how to even express it, but it's just kind of a cool place to be. There's something creative coming at you, and it's funny. It's uh, it's actually something that you really get used to because that's where you live your your sort of life. So a star and a roadie are no real sort of, there's no real difference in my eyes apart from, you, you know, you treat them the way, you know, that they need to be treated rather than sort of treat them differently. You know, you have to work at that sort of individual. But, you know, when this thing that I do in Hyde Park, you know, we had Bruce Springsteen there this year. We had Billy oh, Joel, nice. uh, Lana Del Rey. We had Guns N' Roses. We had Take That, you know. There's a whole mixture of all these different people, you know, and it's uh, it's really interesting. I, I love the artists on, you know, and it's really interesting sort of meeting people from the other side of the fence. It gives you a, a, a better understanding, again, of what as a tour manager, you know, because you're having to deal with all the tour managers. Uh, Franksy, what's the most rewarding part to you of being a road manager, a tour manager? Um, I think, you know, just experiencing things that you wouldn't, the average Joe wouldn't normally sort of experience, you know, and like I say, I don't, I try not to have sort of too many airs and graces about, I, I appreciate the places that I go to, I try to respect them and, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty wacky sort of lifestyle.
Well, you know, when I think I I went on my first private plane in like 1987, and I tend to spend more time on private planes than I do commercially, you know. Um, And it's, you know, it's, that's just kind of, that's my life, you know, and, and, I remember someone once saying to Chris Martin, you know, about the fact that he supposedly, everyone always says he's like this super green guy and thinking about the environment, but you fly around on private jets. And he said, but you have to get to work. And uh, (laughs) I thought it was fair enough, you know, because he does have to, he gets around to do the stuff that, you know, and provided, okay, he's got a carbon footprint, you know, but he's doing something about it. And he's, that's all you do. If everyone does their best, it'll be a better place. You know, we can't change it overnight, but at least we can try to sort of do our stuff. Uh, I have a question for you. What's some of the craziest shit you've ever seen on a rider for an artist? I don't know. I mean, there's there's people used to put stuff. We used to put stuff on the Depeche Mode rider when I first started in a, in America. I used to write twiglets, which are uh, they're, they're these um, like biscuity things in, in ink that are covered in like yeast in that marmite that some people like some people don't or whatever but it's quite a quintessentially english thing and you'd know if somebody had read the rider because they would say what what are these twiglets you know the smart asses had an english person working for them and knew exactly what they were but you know things get put into riders to check and see if uh if people uh really really but there's a there's a very funny one that you can go online um this guy called josh bain he uh he he was worked for iggy and the stooges mm-hmm. and if you check out I- iggy and the stooges uh tour rider it's the yeah. funniest you've ever it really is you know his his explanation from his side of it are what he requires you know but so don't mess around because these guys want it. It's it's brilliant. Let me ask you this. How are you uh, balancing your work life with your home life these days? Um, well, it's uh, I mean, it's it's funny because I kind of after after the Coldplay stuff and everything I, I tended to sort of step back a little bit I was working with an English band called Madness and we were doing mostly shows in the UK and there was you know it was it was relatively sort of laid back but now doing the Rogers stuff there's a lot of time being away and it's kind of like being back on tour so it's uh mm. it's quite sort of full-on you know so being at home is nice and as you saw, as I showed you, you know, I live right on the seafront. Yes, it's, yes, it's gorgeous. It would be nice. I've got a lovely garden out the back as well. And when it's sunny, which it is today, you know, then <laughs> it's, uh, it's a fantastic place to be. Um, but it's, you know, I've still got a few few more years left of me, I think. I hope, anyway. Um, you sound like it. You've got, you've got the energy. I can see it in your face. I can see it in your personality. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a special uh, person. Yeah, John, that's a sun reflection off the, uh, off the sea. I don't know if it's... Uh... That looks quite good. Is part of your job uh, like overseeing the finances of this tour? <laughs> no. no, thank God. Uh, <laughs> the guy who does look after all the money for, on the Roger tour is a very, very... I can, I can never understand how 
chilled he is, you know, when he's got so much at stake. And there is a lot at stake, you oh, know. Gosh, I mean, Roger, yes. uh, Roger is um, a very active person on social media. And, you know, there are lots of people that are trying to cause him harm and trying to make his life better, you know. And he's, he soldiers on, but there is a cost to that. Yeah. And, uh, and there are, you know, they're looking after a tour of this size. You need somebody that's got their shit together, you know, because there's a lot of money at stake. It's like anything, you know, if you go into a, if you go into Google, you know, there's a whole four of accountants probably looking after that stuff, you know? So even, even though none of them are dealing with the tax because they don't play, they don't pay any tax anywhere, do they? No, so, they uh, don't. <laughs> probably, so they probably got, you know, I don't know. On Google, um, but uh, you know they've probably got lots of buildings dedicated not to do that. You know, so but uh, but no, it's looking after the money on a on a rock and roll tour. But you know, it now it's all electronic. Tell me what uh, special skills you think would help somebody uh, be successful in a job like yours. Um, well, like I say, it's it's certainly a job for it's people that, if they are within the ranks of they're working within music and they think that they can have a go, um, I would say try it, you know, but don't go in with your eyes closed because there are a lot of aspects to it that people be like, oh, well, I didn't expect I'd have to do that. And, you know, looking after the band's families and all kinds of things that you would think that, oh, there's someone else dealing with that, you know. There is no one else dealing with it. Just remember, you know, when 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 it's all going great, nobody gives a shit who you are, what you're doing. As soon as it's going wrong, everyone just looks down the line and, and the tour manager is usually the one stood at the end on the phone, <laughs> not even realizing they're all looking at him. So uh so yeah, so it's it's a job that you have to be prepared to make decisions and and take the lead and and you know uh, that doesn't mean that you're all the time pushing in front of people that kind of stuff you in in different ways but i would say preparation as well is something that is really important you know if you prep yourself um then when you turn up you're just dealing with the shit you know whereas if you turn up and then you've got to be i will come to check in or you haven't made a booking you know and you've got to do at uh, the uh, at the reception, you know that's why I work with my travel agents like six months, nine months in advance of a tour, so that I can make sure we've got the hotels we want, we've got the rooms we want, you know, and fixing up the, all the other sort of travel. So it's all in the prep, you know. And sometimes if you do a lot of preparation, people think, well, he doesn't really do much because mm -hmm. he's done it all, you know. And that's yeah. that's his job is the preparation, and now it's running it, you know. Whereas the grafters on the tour, uh, they're getting very little sleep, but they're working physically all day, you know, and mentally, of course, but physically. Um, we're doing our stuff in the background, you know, but it's no less important. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Well, without it, there is no tour, so... Well, and if the band if the band doesn't turn up, you know, sometimes the equipment doesn't turn up, and we can kind of we can busk it. But when the band doesn't turn up, that's a, that's a tougher. Trying to get those outfits on and the wigs, you know, is. Tell me a story about a show that was going really, really south, and how you saved it. Well, I remember there was there was a thing with Depeche Mode back in uh, it must have been maybe 1990 or something when we were doing Park City in. Um, by Salt Lake City Park West. 
Yeah. And uh, that was an outdoor ski resort that they used to do shows in there in the summer. And we were there and there was this torrential rainstorm. All the, all the people were already in. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like about 17,000 people stood up on the hillside and it absolutely pissed it down. Um, and so the show had to be cancelled, but everyone's already got their sort of tickets. So what do you do with the stuff and whatever? And we found that in town there was um, an arena. They'd had a rodeo on the day before. <laughs> so uh-huh. we all got down there to sort of help clear all the stuff out and took everything down there and set up and did the show the next day. And it was just on, look, if you had a ticket, just show sort of a bit of a ticket and come on down, you know. But we uh, we got away. And in, in Germany, we had a show where when we it, when Depeche were much smaller and we got up to the um, gig and started setting up. It was Christmas. I went for a wander around um, Frankfurt. I got back and everyone's loaded out. And I'm like, what's going on? It's like they've cancelled the show. Um, there was some, again, another political thing that had happened and people thought that Depeche was some kind of like demon band. So they cancelled <laughs> um, in, this, in this place in, uh, in Frankfurt. And we found another venue about 40 miles down the road. So we got the trucks to go down there. We got another crew down there. We set all the stuff up. We opened a little bit late, but the band went on stage like on the night. We we even had buses taking people from the uh, old place oh, to the yeah. new place. It was amazing. We did the show, you know, the promoter came around, he gave everyone some cash. He said, I've never ever seen anything like that in my life, you know. And oh, that uh, is so cool. You have to like you said earlier, you really need to be able to think on your feet. Yeah, and and also, there's that thing that, you know, the show must go on. I mean, people, that's the difference with our business and with, like, TV, with a lot of yeah. other things. If something doesn't happen on time, it's not the end of the world, you know. But in our business, it is. Yeah. And especially with broadcasting to places and all that kind of stuff and something goes down, you know, it's uh, it could be a nightmare. So, yeah, you've got to be on your toes and you've got to be pretty punctual. If I was to say, oh, I love this. It sounds it sounds like, you know, something I'd really like to do. How, how would I go about getting my foot in the door to work up um, to that position? Well, there are there are colleges now that run these sort of courses. There's one in England, BIMM. There's one in Brighton, actually. I've done talks there. And uh, they have, um, it's not just for musicians. It's for people that want to get involved in staging, in production, in tournament, all kinds of stuff. You know, they run pretty varied courses at colleges. They have courses down. I mean, I don't know all the prospectus. I've done talks at uh, at colleges. Um, and so, you know, there's ways of sort of finding out. I, again, if you've, if you've, you know, you've got friends that have got a band, just get involved with them, you know, go down and sort of help out. Because especially if you say you can, you know, you'll sort out the the get a truck for them or you'll you know book the hotel for them or you do something or just get sort of involved they might be happy that someone else wants to do it you know right and volunteer for stuff you know volunteer for things at gigs again if you're you know sometimes you like the local stage crew or something and they're like fuck we need someone to go and uh do the spotlight or do something mm-hmm. you know can you do it if you've done it before even if you know, even if you've only done it once before, you don't need to say that. You know, they'll give you the job over someone that hasn't. You know, so right, right. all those little things just sort of put yourself about. You know, and keep bothering people and, uh, <laughs> and keep bothering. Them. Yeah, keep bothering them. Someone will do. Last question here: 
Franksy. So when you're done with the uh, Roger uh, Waters tour, who who have who would you like to work with that maybe you haven't worked with before? To be honest, I don't think there is anyone because you know that old adage of um, never meet your heroes. You know can be so true. Because, you know, I tend to, I have a relationship with the people that I work for, you know, I try to be sort of friends and do stuff and whatever, but there's no doubt in my mind that they're the artists, they're the boss on the tour, I work for them, end of story, you know, we're not there to sort of, to kind of get on. So with anything when you're, you know, and, and I'm a fan of music, so when you meet people that you're like, oh my God, you know, you want them to be something as does anybody else, and then you find out maybe they're not. That can be a bit of a pain in the ass. So it's yeah. not necessarily working for heroes. You know, nowadays it's working for, you know, if somebody, if somebody is a decent person, if they're doing good kind of touring, and if they can afford me, then I'm there. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. What's the rest of the day look like for you? Yeah, there's, uh, well, there's some more, you know, we've got some flights to book and stuff like that to get on with. So it's still carrying uh, carrying on as it always does. Not at such a frantic pace, but uh, yeah, bubbling along. You have a great one. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you. Thanks you for too. asking. Yeah, I appreciate it. Theme music for Gig with Mike Redmond was composed and produced by Other Animal. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Gig with Mike Redmond. If you like what you heard, I'd ask that you subscribe and like us. And finally, if you have questions about a job or ideas for an episode, contact me at gigwithmikeredmond at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Mike Redmond, signing off.